Hello and welcome to Our Super Podcast, a podcast all about things that we find interesting, like comics and video games and music. Each week we choose a topic and then we'll talk about that topic. We'll also run down what's happening this week that's caught our attention and we'll end with your listener questions. Hi, I'm Steph Perinans. And I'm Sarah Grayley. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm pretty okay, thank you. Thanks e- for asking. Excellent. That means we can dive in. Yeah. Let's we're, do it. We're not diving into the main topic yet. We're going to do oh, what's cool this week. I wanted to go first. So, what's good this week? Um, what, um, is there any announcements from you? I do have an announcement. <gasps> yes, thank you wow. for asking. What's your announcement? Okay, well, um, uh, we we do a book called Our Super Adventure, which is about us, very self-involved. Yeah, it's my, um, it also might be where like, the title of the podcast comes from. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we... At the moment, it's just us publishing it, but now uh, Oni Press are going to publish it too. Yeah, um, Oni Press are going to be putting out the first Our Super Adventure book next year under the new title, Our Super Adventure, Press Start to Begin. Which is very exciting, because if you wanted to get the book before, you either have to get it from us or like at a show, but they're really heavy. They're really big books. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really nice to have the book more available, because I think shipping to America is quite expensive, and I think most people who buy a book tend to be in America, so... It'd be nice to have it a bit more, like, easily available throughout the world. So that'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Aussie Preventure Press start to begin. That'll be out in shops March 2017, 2019. <laughs> it'll be March next year. out in the past. Yeah, it'll be coming out two years ago in the past as well. But, um, yeah, no, that's really exciting. And I think Only Press, they've been a really cool publisher with you so far. So it's yeah. a nice place for it to be finding yeah. a home. But, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Whatever news is there this week? Uh, in more important news, I finished the Splatoon 2 Octo expansion DLC uh, that came out. Yes, yes, that is very important. It's very important. Um, there's the whole um the whole expansion was basically like eighty kind of eighty sort of single player levels that were kind of like really difficult to start with. Like, and I did all eighty of them. Yeah, as of I, last night. <laughs> I've also been playing the Octo expansion, and it's really hard, you guys. Like, it is. I hated it to start with. I, I, I was having a bad time. I still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think something broke. I think it got to the point where I'd completed so many levels that my brain was like, maybe you don't hate this. Maybe you actually enjoy it. And now you're running out of levels. And won't you be sad when they've gone? And now I am kind of sad. It's um, If you struggle with it, uh, you can like pay like squid money. Not real money. Don't worry about it. Squid yeah, money you can, like... if, as soon as you fail a level twice, you can pay um, Pearl and Marina to, like, hack it for you, so you've, like, technically completed it, although you haven't. Yeah, but if you complete it for reals, you get this thing called a mem cake, which is very cute. But it's like a you... little marshmallow piece of a character from the game. Yes. Uh, but if you pay, you, you know, it's faded. You still, you still get the mem cake, but it's, like, a weird faded version. It's not good. Just do it for the mem cake. Just, just yeah. Well, I mean, I have, I have all 80 now, so... I've got a bunch of faded mem cakes. Uh, I had oh. two faded mem cakes, and then I had to. When I finished the 80th level last night, I had to go back and do those two levels just to sort of see if I could, and I could finally do them. One of them was one of those. Um, it was where you have to go through an entire level and and shoot a load of balloons that pop up through the level. And I think the first time around, I could get like about ten of the fifty balloons before they'd start floating away, and it would tell me I'd failed. And for last night, I was just I was on it. I was in the zone. Got all the balloons. Felt really good. If you um. You don't have to finish all 80 levels as well, but if you finish a bunch of them, you then get to play as an octoling instead of a squid. I really want to play as an octoling, you guys, but I really do not want to do those levels. I mean, I can I can now do that. I don't think... It, it hasn't really changed anything, but I've got that style. That octoling style. What else is there in the news? 
Um, I started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider on uh, my Xbox One. Oh, yeah. It was part of the whole Game Pass thing that comes with a free trial with the console. And it makes me motion sick. Oh, so nice. that's fun. Because um, I really enjoyed the first rebooted Tomb Raider game. And I played that when it was on PlayStation. I think I played it when I was on Xbox 360, maybe. Because I don't mm-hmm. think I got it on PlayStation. And um, I was really looking forward to playing the second one. And um, after two sessions playing it, both of them ending with me having like a really horrible headache and needing to lie down for like an hour afterwards, I think it gives me motion sickness, which I haven't had from a video game for a long time. What was the last video game that gave you motion sickness? I think it was Legend of Zelda on the Wii, Twilight oh. Princess. And I don't know why I don't know why that was, but I was always playing that when I was really tired. And I don't know if it's the kind of like three D that that game was, and me being tired is like a horrible combination. But I've been really good ever since with video games and can only play most video games and not feel ill but Rise of the Tomb Raider makes me feel motion sick and then I kind of I had a little like look on the internet to see if anyone else felt the same way and then there's a few videos where people have posted like people have posted like a thing of like the camera when um, when Lara Croft is like meant to be dead still mm-hmm. and the camera's kind of always like floating yeah. about a little bit so yeah. I think that's where it comes from because it's that whole thing of like I don't think my brain because I'm obviously not moving when yeah. I'm moving in the video game I think Normally I can hack that, mm-hmm. but I think as soon as the camera is like just kind of wobbling a bit as well to kind of simulate, like when you um oh no okay tell like the last thing to make me motion sick wasn't a video game it was the film uh, Cloverfield yeah so I saw Cloverfield in the cinema which the entire film is kind of filmed from like a handheld camera perspective but because of that the camera is never still it's always like wobbling around and then it wobbles and looks up and there's a monster and wobbles up and there's the statue of liberty's head and wobbles down and wobbles here and i spent half that film having to like look away from the cinema screen and try and like get my head back in the game and then i ended up uh, being sick so <laughs> good film i watched it again on a small screen years later and it didn't have the same effect on me so I guess that's the trick. Maybe I need to play Rise of the Tomb Raider on like a tiny little TV or something. Little baby screen. Little baby screen. I mean, maybe it would have been fine if I was playing it on like um, on the on the Switch because it's like a smaller screen in front of me rather than like a big TV. Um, a game trailer like gave me really really bad motion sickness once, and I had to go to bed. Do you I remember that? that? But I got the game and I was fine afterwards. Is that the Call of Duty Zombies one? I didn't want to say which one it was because Call of Duty is not very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like it's only the zombie bit. I really like the zombie expansion. So yeah, yeah. I guess that's my thing. I just really really like the zombie video games. Yeah, Sarah's saying she loves just going on COD and just um, poning noobs. All the time. So she, she, all she does, she just gets, leaps onto the multiplayer, puts a headset on, starts having go at people's mums. You cannot go on the multiplayer with the headset. <laughs> on. I've tried that. It did not end well for me. People just gonna have a go at your mum. People were very mean to me, and then they went down. And I would not revive them, and it felt pretty good. <gasps> Gasp. But yeah, take yeah, that. Online gaming in the the year twenty eighteen. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the rise of the Tomb Raider bit. Um, I played like about two hours of it though in those settings, and it was really I was having a great time. It was a really good adventure game, but I I have to mess with the settings, and then maybe I can only play it like half an hour at the time or something because I'm fine with it for like a little bit. But yeah, no, Rise of the Tomb Raider makes me motion sick. I'm sorry. It's really sad. It's so sad. Um, starting this weekend is the 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 online speedrunning event, Summer Games Done Quick. Do you want to explain what speedrunning is? So speedrunning is when people play video games, but they kind of like play them to complete them as quickly as they can. So they find kind of all manner of like little glitches or techniques of getting through levels quickly or like weird ways to like skip half of the game. 
and it's um this uh, this event is basically like a kind of a week long thing where they stream like a bunch of these speed runs or people will come to, people will go to this event to kind of do their kind of speed run of a game and kind of talk for it and like people will then donate money to like a good cause they've done it for um doctors without borders before or for cancer research and stuff like that so it's always for a really good cause but it's also like, this week long thing on Twitch where there's just like loads of weird video games getting streamed like and it's, it's anything from kind of like old Nintendo games all the way up to like current PlayStation 4 games and stuff like that so it's always like a really varied mixture of games and it's always really interesting so I'm really looking forward to having that on kind of streaming for all of next week it's really amazing how much money they raise as well like it's really impressive yeah like they raise loads of money they also like bring attention to like other sort of smaller causes like um there's one speedrunner who I think he doesn't have motion in one of his hands or something, so he has to play. He plays games like one-handed, and he did a run of Near Automata last year. I can't remember if it was at like the the winter event or the summer event. They did it like twice a year, and he did like he does like the whole game like I'm single-handed. So he's got all these like different strategies of like like what the ways he has to like do stuff. And I thought that was like really interesting because it's kind of it seems like speedrunning seems to be quite. I think it's quite an inclusive community. I think there's kind of like, obviously, with most video game communities, there's like, it's downsides and stuff as well. But I think the majority of it seems to be quite positive. So mm. it's nice. I was just say, it's just really cool to watch because it's like, oh, is that person going to make that jump that's going to save them like 30 seconds? Or are they going to goof it up and be like thrown back 20 seconds? It is like, pretty good when ooh. someone makes like, when someone explains what they're about to do and then they make it. And then yeah. like, you'll get like, they have like a little sort of crowd of people behind them and seeing that crowd of kind of like supporting them and cheering them on. It's like really good. Yeah. I'm it's very, really- it's, it's the most wholesome video game viewing thing I can think of in this day and age. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I think they've got a thing where they seem to, like, break the record of how much money they raise, like, every year as well. So, like, they've been raising, like, over a million pounds. It's, like, really good. And you see, like, a bunch of, like, companies, like, sponsor them as well. Like, Fangamer all getting in on it and, like, sponsor, like, certain things for, like, money. And the Yeti, yeah. So, it's it's really good to see, like, it brings, like, a lot of people together to kind of raise money for good causes. And it's also, like, video games. So, it's all good. I want to play some right now. (laughs) Don't we always? Um... I recently got into a, a really good uh, band called Adventures, which is quite good because the whole uh, super adventure. Ha ha ha! Oh, that's cute. But um, yeah, like um, the Spotify Discover players recommended me a song by them, and they've got a really good album called Supersonic Home, which is also really relevant because of the the topic of this week's podcast, which we're not actually getting onto yet. I should have left this, <laughs> but um, yeah, you can find that on Spotify. So the band are called Adventures. The album's called Supersonic Home. It's really good indie punk. It's very melodic and. It's a very good album. It's only Wait, like 10 songs long or something. I didn't know we were going to talk about bands. Can I talk about bands? You can talk about a band. Okay, they're not new. I just really like Miss Green Apple at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah, they're I a really good Japanese band. I just wanted to give them a little shout out. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to them quite a lot. Yeah. They're very good. Okay, um, I've got a little wrestling news corner. I hope that's okay. Ooh. Um, so this weekend was uh, uh, the... NXT TakeOver Chicago and WWE Money in the Bank and I watched both of those and one might have been a lot better than the other. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. That's a hot take. So um, NXT, uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago apparently I can't say NXT without my my brain melting. Um, that was like kind of mixed but um, it had some really good matches in terms of Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa being mm-hmm. a really good match and that yeah. was kind of like an, another sort of step up in the feud that they've had of, as of late. So the whole story there is that they used to be really good friends. They were a tag team together, and then Champa, Tommaso Champa turned on Johnny Gargano a year ago in mm-hmm. Chicago, and then they've kind of like built up this feud ever since, where it's been kind of getting like a little bit more extreme every time. And this time around, like 
uh, Champa stole Gagano's wedding ring off his finger and threw it into the crowd, and then mm. that made um, Johnny Gagano snap. And there was like a bunch of referees and like backstage people tried to sort of stop Gagano from beating up Champa. I mean, it's very understandable. That's quite rude. It was really rude. And then so rude. it was it was weird seeing Gagano kind of snap because he's the kind of the de facto good guy in this feud. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it kind of ended with um, sort of Champa. Well, like. Gagano put Champa in handcuffs, which is something that, Where did like, he get them from? Champa got them from under the ring earlier on in the match. What and else is under When to use them. Like, everything. Like, <laughs> the Undertaker lives under there, I think. Okay, um, that makes sense. And so it, it was teased that Champa was going to use them on Gagano earlier in the match, but then Gagano used them on Champa, but then Champa ended up managing to sort of... Um, Champa did a thing where he pulled apart the ring a bit so he pulled the ring like the soft bit of the ring up yeah. and exposed the wood and the, the wooden planks mm-hmm. and then he ended up managing to do a move on Gagano onto it he sort of did a DDT of Gagano's like face going straight onto the wooden planks and it was like a really good shot where you saw Gagano's eyes go like really wide and yeah. as he realised he was like, about to like go smush into the wooden planks and then he managed to pin Gagano while his hands were still handcuffed behind his back and he managed to win. So that that makes it kind of like one win each in this weird feud. So I guess there's going to be like a really good like third rubber match between them, where which is like kind of like the decider of who wins the feud. But it was really good. There was a lot of parallels and symmetry between like iconic bits of the feud so far. So, mm. yeah. Who are you rooting for? Because one of them sounds like a rude dude. Yeah, well, obviously I'm rooting for the guy who's not the rude dude. Like Johnny Gargano is the face in this situation. He's the person who got betrayed by... Like, he was betrayed by Champa, like, at NXT TakeOver Chicago last year. And mm-hmm. so, obviously, he's the person who... I want to see him do good things. He's a he's a good boy. Can I explain wrestling for people who may not watch wrestling? Sure. Okay. So, it's... The people fight, but there's a lot of drama beforehand. They have reasons to fight. I like to look at it as... Um, whereas my parents have stuff like EastEnders and Coronation Street, where everyone's sort of, like... I was going to say, like, everyone, like like sorts their problems out through conversations and stuff and not fighting but that's probably not true they probably do sort their situations out through fighting as well so maybe wrestling is basically just soaps and that's what I like about it <laughs> but um yeah uh, Alistair Black had an alright match against Lars Sullivan so Lars Sullivan was like a big sort of like like a big a big boy in pants and Alistair Black's kind of like a goth and is, he, is he in his pants as well or he's in he his pants like but he's got like He's got loads of cool gear that he walks down to the ring in. There's like loads of like weird little symbols on his clothes and stuff. It's very cool. But um, the only downside of that match was there was a bit near the end, which was the bit where... So Alistair Black's finishing move is like a really good spinning kick mm-hmm. called the Black Mass because he's a goth. Wow. And he went to do this spinning kick to Lars Sullivan. Yeah. But there was like a gap of like, like a head's worth of space in between Alistair Black's foot yeah. And Lars Sullivan's head. Yeah. So it was quite clear that this kick didn't actually make contact. But it was supposed to. But it was supposed to. So they did a very quick cut away, because mm-hmm. they do like a lot of quick camera cuts in WWE, probably for this reason of like making sure everything looks as realistic as possible. Oh. But it didn't look very good. But they kind of they, they managed to save it. They they gave it like a proper ending and I yeah. think ended it with like Lars Sullivan's mouth like all bloody and does stuff. Does the uh does the goth one wear the big shoes? I mean, he just wears, like, wrestling boots, so I don't think he wears, like, actual proper big goth boots. He's more of, like... He's, like, more vampiric than goth. Oh, so he's a vampire. More... Sort of. More, like, kind of, like, the occult. He's, like, the champion of NXT at the moment. He's very good. What does NXT stand for? Next. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't actually think it's got like a proper acronym. I think New it's it's meant to be what's that like it's meant to be like what's coming next for WWE is where all the good stuff happens basically. But E's aren't cool, so they took it out. Yes. Okay, that's fair. You take out the E because like it's too many letters. Otherwise, it's got to be three letters. If it's four oh, letters, because WWE. Next. Oh, what, what what is that? Um, okay, the last match that I want to say about from that show was um, there was the Velveteen Dream against Ricochet. That was really good. So Velveteen mm-hmm. Dream is like a very sort of like he used to be. He was on like that WWE reality show we watched, Tough Enough. Yeah. And on there, he was Patrick Clark, and it looked like he was like the only guy on that show who was actually into wrestling, whereas the rest of them just wanted to be on like a reality show and get a load of money. And they've Ooh, ended up that's making a hot take. Watch out. No, because it was true. No, get some wrestlers wait, turn up to our house and no, beat you up. No one else from that show, I think, is working as a wrestler anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Mandy oh, Rose. That's true. Mandy Rose is. Is that her name? Yeah. Nailed it. So one. So Mandy Rose was there. Uh, but she didn't really want to be a wrestler. Like, that show was full of people who didn't want to be wrestlers, except for Patrick Clark, who was like... Yeah, but you wouldn't... beat you up. You wouldn't... Uh, if my, throw you in a ring. If any of the the rest of them were fine to come and beat me up, but it, from watching the TV show, none of them really seem to be want to be a wrestler very much. <laughs> so um, Patrick Clark's now really good. He's like he's called Velveteen Dream. He's kind of like um, the very sort of like larger than life character. Like he thinks he's better than everyone already, even though he's kind of just starting out. He's kind of very sort of like. He's got like a very sort of like grandiose kind of entrance. He's very sort of fashionable. He's kind of got this whole sort of like, he's got like a really good vibe. He's got like a very sort of Prince-esque vibe going on. It's really mm-hmm. cool. And then uh, Ricochet is like a really cool guy from the independent wrestling scene who's just joined WWE. He's like very good. He does lots of flips and stuff. Lots of very sort of like high flying dramatic moves. I do like when they do do the flips. It's very good. They do some very good flippy bits. It's very that. fun to watch. It's very acrobatic. That's that's another thing where wrestling's really good. You see you see like loads of weird acrobatics. Flips, flips, flips. flips. Live acrobatics, it's great. So um their match was really good as well. Um it was kind of like based around this whole thing of like Velveteen Dream telling Ricochet that anything he could do, the the dream could do better. But I think in the end Ricochet kind of did better. But they had a really good flip. The Dream did flip. They did a bunch of flips. And that was the the whole kind of thing. It was like anything Ricochet did in the match, Velveteen Dream kind of like tried to emulate it and for the most part was quite successful. So it was kind of, it was good. And considering that he's like a fairly newcomer, I think he's only like 22 years old now and he's like a really good boy. So he's a good wrestle boy. Um, And then um, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view was like all right. But if you were to press me right now on it, I can't actually remember much of it. It didn't really leave much of an impression. He was, uh, he was it. Who was wrestling? Who was wrestling? Everyone was wrestling. They're all going to come beat you They up. all wrestled. No, um, they, did a, they did this weird match with Sami Zayn against Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley kind of def- like defeated Sami Zayn really easily, which is kind of a bit of a bummer, because like, Sami Zayn is like, really cool. I quite like him, even though he's kind of been a bad guy at the moment. But apparently it's, um, Sami Zayn's like, really injured at the moment, so I think that match was just kind of to put him off TV yeah. for a bit so he can go get fixed up. So it was a bit like of a, a weird robot. one. Yeah, like a robot. A scar robot. Um, apparently Daniel Bryan had a match with Big Cass on the show, which I didn't know because I, I didn't start watching the show till like about half an hour in. Apparently it was like right at the very start. But now apparently Big Cass has been fired from WWE. So uh, there you go. So uh, the scene- out yet? Um, everything I've read online suggests that it's like because of a whole bunch of stuff. Like mm. there's a story about when they did a hor- like this horrible segment a couple of weeks ago where there was like um, like a guy dressed up as Daniel Bryan. Apparently the guy was like, apparently Big Cass was meant to just like do like a big boot to him and then walk away. But apparently he kind of like started beating up on the guy and apparently he'd been told specific, apparently he'd asked whether he could do it, (laughs) was told no. And then he did it anyway. 
and apparently he got in a bunch of weird trouble because of that um apparently there's some story where he was on a tour bus and the lock on the bus wasn't working right on the on the bathroom so he was stuck in the bathroom for ages and he thought it was people playing a prank on him so when he finally broke he broke down the door on the tour bus apparently this is all very much like apparently at the moment yeah it's just it, this is not official. This is not. Yeah, this is like one of those things. But apparently, the, this was like some story that came from like multiple sources or something on mm-hmm. some website, and it was like apparently he broke down the toilet door, and then everyone on the coach had to use the toilet without a door for the rest of the trip. And apparently, the door just had like a weird lock or something that people hadn't actually like locked him in. But that's a bummer. Apparently, he's just. He, I don't. I think he's been making people. I don't think he's been a very good person backstage or something. I've been to two parties where the door has been kicked off <laughs> off the toilet. So Did you love it? No, I hate it. I do not <laughs> recommend it. If I had to be on tour with no toilet door, yeah. what? everybody poops. That's true. That's everyone awful. poops, everyone pees. But I think I think that probably had a lot to do with people backstage not having a very fond opinion of the guy. Because if he's, if he's broken the only toilet on the coach, I don't know how long the coach journey was, but that sounds awful. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so he's he's been sort of apparently. So the the whole thing when when WWE normally lets someone go, yeah. they normally send their website like um, wishing them wishing them the best <laughs> in their future endeavors. Oh. Big Cass was not wished well on his future endeavors, and I think that says a lot. Right Maybe now. he kicked down a lot of bathroom doors. Maybe that's Maybe that's just all he ever did. He'd see a bathroom door, <laughs> kick the door off, and was like, "Yeah, seven feet tall. You can't teach that." <laughs> Little fun, not well, not well, not well known fact. He was only like six foot ten, so he wasn't even seven foot tall. Oh, so like I mean, that. please, Bacus, don't come beat me up. Don't kick down our bathroom doors. I'm real please. weak. <laughs> please don't kick down our bathroom door. Um, I think that's it, really. Um, Braun Strowman won the Money in the Bank briefcase, so now he gets he keeps getting called that, like he's the monster in the bank because he's he's the, he's the monster amongst men, and now he's won the briefcase. So that'll be fun. He's a big boy. He's seven foot tall. I actually have no idea. I want to say he is. He's huge. It like, looks like he could pick me up with one hand and spin me around, like you know the people who spin signs to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be like, "Oh, shop. where's where's Sarah Grayley at this convention? I just follow I just, the spinning Sarah Grayley <laughs> yeah, sign." She's right here in my <laughs> hand, and it's no big deal. Shout out to the the vine of the person throwing the Quiznos sign around <laughs> and the person saying where is the quiz which which way is the Quiznos it's I'm very good I'm Vine rest in really good bring Vine back um I think that was it like that that whole the, the problem Ooh. the problem is when WWE do a pay-per-view right after an NXT one yeah. it always ends up being a bit rubbish because the NXT ones are like they're about two and a half hours long they're only ever like five or six matches and they kind of they're just good they're like all basically like some 41 once said they're all filler no killer oh wow Whereas money in the bank was wow. i think about five hours long including the pre-show yeah and it was all just a bit drawn out and well, not very fun money in the bank's gonna come beat you up but nxt <laughs> might protect you i don't know maybe but I, i've got a good segue so I'm, segue. I'm gonna ask you a question and you ask me the same question who's your favorite wrestler my favorite wrestler um is probably daniel bryan cool daniel bryan's really really cool I was really happy that he came back to wrestling I hope that he starts doing some better matches soon because they just put him in that really big long feud with Big Cass who then ended up like leaving the company so yeah, I really like Daniel Bryan I'm just gonna re- ruminate on Daniel Bryan for a bit because I don't want to I'm, I'm scared to know what's gonna happen when I ask you who your favourite wrestler is well my favourite wrestler oh no I did it by accident it's gotta be Sonic the Hedgehog 
Sonic the Hedgehog is not and, and has never been a wrestler. Of, uh, he has been because the theme of has he? Uh, was Sonic Fighters? Not a wrestler. He's though. in a ring. He's like a street fighter. Boxer. A boxer at best. Basically, though, the theme the theme this week is Sonic the Hedgehog. How many flips does he do? What's it, his finishing it, move? It spins really fast. Sometimes gives you a air, ring. That's a that's a flip. Look. The theme is Sonic the Hedgehog. We're going to talk about Sonic the yeah, Hedgehog. This, this, week, this week's main topic is Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Hey, it also needs this week, but it hasn't happened yet because it's happening on Saturday. Sonic's birthday. Is it Sonic's birthday on Saturday? Yeah, it's June the 23rd. Has it already happened? I think there's been another event. No, 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 it's June the 23rd, I think. I Googled Wait, it. Wait, so is it Sonic's birthday and Garfield's birthday in the same week? <laughs> what a good really? week. Yeah. When is what is Sonic's birthday? His canonical birthday is June twenty third. Thank you. So what? How old is he? Sonic got? is going to be twenty seven. He's older than me. Wow. Yeah. Younger than me, which <laughs> makes no sense because I was like playing video games where he looked like a full grown hedgehog when I was like five years old. Aww. So that's really weird. <laughs> I'm it's weird to start with Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog is like such a weird one to talk about because I feel like I've had like my my childhood was like so wholly based in Sonic. That I've not like Sonic has changed in weird ways over the years. There is so yeah. much to Sonic the Hedgehog now. He got a little taller and a little skinnier. At one point, he got some weird bandanas, and then Knuckles lost his neck and became really hench. Um, <laughs> lots of weird stuff has happened to Sonic the Hedgehog over the years. I feel like this is mainly going to be us talking about what Sonic the Hedgehog was to us growing up. But I feel but, like we're going to end up getting onto the weird stuff anyway. I <laughs> so. feel like we should explain who Sonic the Hedgehog is. He's a, he's a hedgehog. He's blue. He's blue. He's really fast. He like, wears... Ooh, he's he, the fastest. He wears special red sneakers that were developed for him. Well, actually, I've no idea what how they were developed for him oh. in the Archie comic series, but in the America, in the UK comic series, it was because they were frictionless shoes that were developed to him from a special friend who we'll get into at some point. I'm but sorry, that, what, frictionless? Frictionless running shoes so he could run faster. But the ones if he just slip over? Look, it doesn't make sense. It's okay. <laughs> just let's keep how, going. How often do you think Sonic burns through his shoes? Wait, because, like, yeah, frictionless shoes. Like, friction is literally... You need friction, otherwise you wouldn't be able... How would frictionless help? I've got some shoes that are kind of frictionless, and I've nearly fallen over twice we'll wearing We'll look into them. that. I don't... Because how would he stop? He'd so never be able to stop. stop. He would just keep going. <laughs> He'd keep going. Oh, so anyway, his special red running shoes help him to run faster, canonically. I thought it was just... He was just fast himself. It wasn't the shoes. No, it was that he was given those running shoes by by an old special friend, and, and that was like, what caused him to break the speed of sound... Oh my God, Sonic. ...and turn blue. Fix it. Fusing his regular hedgehog spines together into the blue slick aerodynamic ones and turned them blue as well in the process. Is this Sonic the comic law? Is this Sonic the comic law? The only law that matters. <gasps> we'll get into that some more. Um, oh, that's, that's so, a lot of Sonic law about. What, where where do we start with Sonic the Hedgehog with Sarah Grayley? What was your, what was your first experience of Sonic? Where did you start? Uh, my first experience of Sonic the Hedgehog would have been on the Sega Saturn uh, with Sonic Jam, the game. Which was just a compilation game. It had, like, Sonic 1, 2, 3, I think. And it had, like, Sonic World, which was, like, this little uh, little side thing in the game, I guess, that you go into and you'd be, like, a blocky uh, 3D Sonic. Oh, Sonic 3D World? No. What is this you're talking about? Sonic World. It's part of Sonic Jam. And it's, like, it, I've surely I've shown you Sonic World, right? What colour would Sonic Jam be? 
blue. Oh god, that's not a joke. It was just a, it was just a, an observation. What flavour um, would it be? Hedgehog. Oh god, <laughs> blueberry, of course. But it was it was like an interactive world. You you go around and um, it would it have like cutscenes from Sonic CD and Sonic Movie and like character design sheets and stuff like that. It was oh, really, wow. really cool and like the soundtracks. It was good, and also Tails would float around in the Sonic world, and you could just hop up if, and um, like, he'd carry you around. Did you Did you know that Sonic the Hedgehog was originally meant to be really, really edgy and have like a leather jacket and like a, a cool girlfriend and stuff? He's not already edgy. He's, he's no, he was meant to be, hit the original Sonic the Hedgehog design from. I think it was like what what the Japanese Sega offices wanted Sonic to be like. I think the design was meant to be like. You know, he's still still a blue hedgehog, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think he's meant to be like wearing like a leather jacket and like maybe like with spikes on it and stuff. And he's meant to be proper like yeah, it's like a hedgehog, really edgy and cool. Because it was like them wanting to have a cool mascot to go against Nintendo's Super Mario. <laughs> and I think it was Sega from America who were like, I'm not so sure about the leather jacket and spikes, but blue hedgehog we can work with. And so blue hedgehog it was. Um, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Sonic movie in a bit, but um, oh, yeah. in the original, it, it, it's uh, he swears in that a lot, but they edited it out in their dub, so that's fun. Yeah, edgy, yeah. edgy Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, where does Sonic the Hedgehog start for you? Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I can't remember if it was the video game or the co- or the the, um, the comic, because I didn't have a Game Gear until I was about like five six seven years old i'm not sure how old i was when i first got a game gear yeah but um i feel like i was like really well into sonic the comic i feel like i got into Sonic the comic before i think that started before the tv um the tv cartoons had started as well yeah so i think maybe it was like i think maybe it was like sonic on the game gear and sonic the comic around the same time mm-hmm. but like i wish i could pinpoint the exact moment i knew of sonic the hedgehog's existence because oh that's like goodness. such it's like such an enduring character for me and it was like such like it was like I didn't really have like a Nintendo or a Game Boy or anything like that when I was growing up. Like my first experience of video games, full stop, was playing um, Super Mario at my cousin's house. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know why I got into Sonic. But like um, it was really good. That's so wild that you don't know. Like yeah, I mean for me though, I wanted the Sonic comics, but um, my mum wouldn't buy them for me because she was like, we can't really read. So like, what's the point? <laughs> I had to really knack her to um, before we got any of those. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, yeah, my, my introduction to Sonic is pretty ob- obvious. But I, I had Sonic Jam. I also got Sonic R, the racing game, um, which I think only had, like, five levels. Um, but it also had, like, Metal Sonic and, like, Tails that was, like, this fake, like, plush Tails that you could play as, which was kind of spooky, which is why I liked it a lot. Um, and also Sonic 3D is a really good game as well. Just loads of classics on the Sega. Yeah, yeah. I think I always wanted... Um... They released a version of Sonic R for the Game Gear at one point. I think yeah. I really wanted it just because it was like, oh, wow, a racing game with Sonic. But I never got it. The turning on that game is just <laughs> non-existent. But it's like you could you could unlock, like, Metal Sonic, which is really cool. Um, but, yeah. I think I got it wrong earlier. I don't, think the, I don't think the idea was, like... When I was saying that there was, like, a version of Sonic that was, like, Sonic in a leather jacket, I yeah. don't think it was Sonic. I think it was a chicken. <laughs> I think it was a chicken with like shades and like jeans and a big belt. I think that was it. I don't mean to be rude, but chicken with an attitude. (laughs) It's really not cool. I don't know if I would have been into sight of the chicken. It was like um, Splatoon was instead of Squid Kids, they were supposed to have rabbits. 
But yeah, uh, that would have been so weird now. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbits don't make ink. Or do they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so what, what have you, you've been looking into, deep into the Sonic lore as well. But um, I mean, I feel like we should talk about the video games first. So okay. like... Um, I, I, I grew up playing, like, Sonic 1 and 2 on the Game Gear, and, like, those I really enjoyed a lot. Um, I never got... I never... I think I, I got to play the Mega Drive games at some point, but I never got to play that much of them. So it wasn't until, like, years and years and years down the line that I actually got to play the Mega Drive games. And I think when I finally got to play, like, Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, like, I was, like, amazed by it. Like, I had the um, the Sonic the Hedgehog sticker album when I was at um, primary school. Yeah. Like, the, f- the first time I actually got in proper trouble at primary school that I can remember is that I'd done some really good sticker swaps at break time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I don't know if it's, like, the same tradition in America, but when, when I was growing up, there was, like, a lot of sticker trading that used to happen, like, at school. Yeah. So what you would do is when you when you buy these stickers to stick in albums, you would then bring all the spare ones into school, and then you could kind of go through them on the playground with someone else. And they would tell you which ones they'd got, which ones they needed. So there was this whole thing where you'd just be standing going for all your stickers and people would be going, got, 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 need, need, need. And you put the need ones to one side and then you try and figure out some swaps. And I had done some really good swaps the one break time. Yeah. And I could not, like, I had this little, like, plastic, you know, like, like a bus pass wallet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, like, one of those that I kept all my stickers in. Yeah. And I had that oh, out dude. in the classroom. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll go tell, like, eight, I'll, go tell, I'll go tell eight-year-old me how cool I am. <laughs> Um, so I couldn't, I wouldn't put my stickers away because I had done some really good swaps. I got some like, you know, like the clear stickers that you stick down and they've got like, yeah. they kind of fit onto the page really nicely. I had some of those. <laughs> and then, um, uh, the teacher asked me about three times to put my stickers away. And I was a good boy at this point. I only did what the teacher was like, told me, but for some reason I just didn't put my stickers away and they got confiscated. And it was the first time my parents ever had to come into school. Because of me being a bad, naughty person. And this was over 20 years ago, and it's stayed with you since. Because it was about Sonic the Hedgehog stickers, and I got some really good swaps, and I don't know what was going on with me that I couldn't put them away. Can I tell my sticker story? Yeah, go for it. Okay, we didn't have Sonic stickers at school, but the big thing was football footballer stickers. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when I was seven, we were all trading footballers around, and yeah. I would... I like stickers, but I don't like footballs. <laughs> um, and I was like, I was joining in because, you know, what else? I remember getting a very shiny boy uh-huh. and looking at it being like, this is one ugly man. <laughs> and now I have a sticker of him. Yeah, like, um, football stickers were huge in my school as well. Like, I think Premier League 98 was, like, the year for me of that stuff. Yeah. I think that was, like, when I was in... That must have been year six. I think that was, like, my last year of primary school. Yeah. Um, and that was, like, the year that it was, like, huge, that everyone was collecting them. And it's, like... I got to know so many boys' faces through <laughs> football stickers. And, like, at that point, like, I was only really aware of, like... I, I supported my local team when I was growing up, Wolves, and I didn't support them that well because I wasn't yeah. that into football. But, like, all of these other teams, I didn't have... The only reason I knew how who any of these players were was probably because of Premier League 98 sticker album. So yeah. even when it was, like... Even when someone would start playing for another team, or say, like, someone scored a goal for some new team and it was in the news or something, I'd see their face and go... Ah, in, in Premier League 98, they used to play for Crystal Palace. I remember having their sticker. Oh, that was my cultural, like, touch point for that <laughs> stuff. It was very weird. Did you but, just yeah. put all your boys in your sticker album? I did. I don't know where I put my boy. 
<laughs> you had one boy and you don't know where I put him. I don't know. I don't know how I got that boy. Oh, I had this like one. My Premier League '98 sticker was like so. It was like the most like raggedy thing, but it was like I. I think I. I got, I got it like about eighty percent complete. I only had one full team, and that was Arsenal. I remember getting the final Arsenal boy and being like, "Yes, all of Can Arsenal." Can you imagine just being like, "Here's me as a shiny sticker," and a lot of children had me. As I a think shiny that sticker. like I used to think that that was like one of the reasons that footballers wanted to be footballers that oh, they would get their stickers. own sticker. Yeah, yeah. they would get to a point they'd be like I'm finally in a sticker album or like <laughs> I think then that, that thought then like evolved through the years to be like oh like you'd finally get to be in a video game as a footballer and people would be able to play as you as your, your not, football team not the actual playing the football no no like no they, they like hated that. playing football but oh they get a sticker album computer game the dream <laughs> but um yeah no so I started with those games and got really into the sticker albums in a big way um, the one game I remember really wanting and I never actually got it was um, Sonic, the, Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, which was like essentially like Sonic the Hedgehog 3 for the um, the Game Gear. Yeah. And that was the one that introduced the character of Knack the Weasel. Yes. Who I only just discovered recently was called Fang the Sniper in a bunch of other games. Like he was in Sonic uh, Fighters. Yeah. And um, yeah, like apparently he was, he was called Fang... In, in Japan because they thought that they already had a character called Knuckles. Yeah. So Knack with an N was way too close phonetically sounding. But in America and Europe they were like, nah, Knack's fine. So they had Knack the Weasel. But I didn't realise he ever had this other name and he kind of has appeared sporadically in other stuff as well, but he, he was, seems like such a weird character. He was in Sonic the Comic a bunch, I think. Oh, I remember yeah. having like a because I used to take my covers and stick them on the wall. And there was like cool. a really good cover of Knack the Weasel um, and like a tiny, tiny Sonic in the Yeah, time. I remember that. You used to have that in your university room. I was cool, dude. So cool. So I just signed the comic posters. <laughs> I think, um, oh, I don't remember if Knack was in it when I was reading it. I think I stopped short. I stopped around issue 100 of the comic mm. because my parents did this weird conversation when we where they were kind of like, don't you think you should maybe stop getting Sonic the comic now? Oh, Which is like, no. should never listen to that. I should never listen to it. I used to, um, I used to, I this is like a horrible way of storing comics. I used to like oh. hole punch the comics. Okay. And I had them in like a lever arch file. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened to that lever arch file. Like my parents maintain to this day that it's still in their attic somewhere, but I don't think it is. I remember my parents threw out my Sonic the comics and I was like, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> I have to keep them forever. So I remember being very, very heartbroken. But it's, it was, that was a couple, it I was mean, like shortly into when I started reading it. How often did it come out? It was fortnightly, so it was every two weeks. Because um, I remember I stopped reading it because I used to start just reprinting stories they'd already done. I yeah, I remember you telling me about that because I, I stopped like shortly after issue one hundred. So it's it's only for like looking at like getting caught up on it online a little bit for doing this podcast that I've seen some of the later on storylines that come up, and it seems yeah. like it goes really weird. So I'm kind of I kind of want to get back into it and read everything I missed out on now, just yeah. to sort of see what it was like. It's like you used to be able to get like news agents or like a supermarket stuff like that. So it was different to your regular old comics. Did I ever tell you about the time that my local news agents had cite the comic in a day early? <gasps> so um, I was on the way back from primary school. I think my dad had picked up me and my sister, yeah. and we went in. Th- so there was like about halfway home. There was like a little news agents, and we always used to sort of pop in for like. I think my dad would buy like a newspaper or something, or get some milk. And I looked, I went to look at the comics, and they had Sonic the Comic a day earlier than they usually had it. Yeah. And I remember saying to my dad, like, oh, can we get it? And it was, like, a really good issue. It was gonna, it was the issue where it was, like, um, it was like Sonic the Human. 
Yeah. So in like the previous oh, no. issue, oh, the very no. last page was like previewing like next issue, Sonic the human, and it was like a human boy, but with like Sonic-esque hair. And I was like, in my like youthful self, I was like, oh my, like th- this is like the big event comic of like the Sonic <laughs> the comic series. This is the first time it was like a big kind of like, <gasps> what's this going to be storyline? So they had this issue and it was in a day early at our local news agents and I asked my dad if we could get it. And he said, no. <laughs> He said we always get Sonic the Comic on like this, this like on tomorrow. So I wanted to read so and, bad. Like no lie, I cried all the way home because of it. Because oh. I think I wanted to know what that story was going to be so bad. And I mean, you know, I I guess I could have been patient, but uh, my little childhood brain was like, I don't know. I think I don't, it was a very weird sensation to be like so close to knowing what the story was going to be, and then being told like unequivocal. An unequivalent being told in no uncertain terms with my, 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 by my father no we're getting it tomorrow you mean a mean Sonic the comic thing my mum did because <laughs> uh, we're on the topic uh, she told me that we could either buy Sonic the comic or she would save up to pay my uni tuition Oh, Which wow. was a total lie. Like, my mum was not going to do that. <laughs> Wait, so what did you choose? I chose not the comic, because I was like, <laughs> what's uni tuition? I'm, like, seven. <laughs> like, give me that blue hair truck. Okay. We've moved on to Sonic the Comic stuff too early. I'm going to get us back to video games. We're going to move okay. on to Sonic the Comic. Okay. There's a lot to talk about Sonic the Comic. Um... So yeah, um, what what else? What was uh, past the the main uh, Mega Drive games? What yeah. what have kind of been your experiences with Sonic games over the years? Um, I had a demo disc for Nights into Dreams, the game, which was like a it, it had it had like a Sonic you could unlock a Sonic level in it, and it was amazing. So that was really cool. Uh, past past the Sonic games, I had uh, I bought a Dreamcast for twenty quid. We've talked about this before. Oh, that in Dreamcast the, in the first uh, episode. Uh, so obviously I got Sonic Adventure and I also got Sonic Adventure 2 and I've not played it I think that's the one that had like I remember when we first started dating I saw that you had a Dreamcast in Sonic Adventure 2 yeah and I I think I I think I played um, the first level on it because I always wanted to see because that's the one that has like the big city escape level at the start which everyone always used to go on about and because I never had a Dreamcast I never got to play it so I remember playing that and being a little bit kind of like underwhelmed by it but um, I played Sonic Adventure 1 on my, my old computer growing up and it was, my graphics card wasn't good enough so you can yeah. I couldn't see the big, the big bad guy in that was like a kind of a shimmering blue creature called Chaos. Yeah. And the shimmering blue creature didn't show up on my computer because the graphics card wasn't good enough. <laughs> so all I could see was his eyes and the Chaos Emeralds that were inside of it. Gross. So every single time there was a boss battle, I kind of had to like play this weird game of Imagine where it might be and try and hit it. Aww. And then eventually, like, there's only so many times you can hit, you can walk into something that's invisible before you get, like, a feel as to where it's going to be. Yeah. And so I think I got through, I got through all of the Sonic the Hedgehog storyline in that game, mm-hmm. but I never played the rest. Because I think there was, like, depending on which character you played out, there was, like, a different kind of, like, variation, like, versions of the levels and stuff. Yeah. I can't remember. It was weird. Um, but, um, yeah, I never played the Big the Cat bit, which I feel bad about because everyone Big loves the Big the Cat. Cool. Yeah, he had, like, a whole fishing mini game or something, but I never oh. really got a chance to get into it. Yeah, I don't think I played, like, I think I maybe just did the Sonic one, even though Tails is, like, way cooler. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that, sure, you think a five-year-old child is cool. Um, while you were talking about that, I just remembered the game where Shadow Has a Girl exists. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into Shadow. Is that too far ahead? Sh- the, we got sent a really good list and a question about Shadow that I think will encompass most of this kind of conversation. So okay, I think we leave cool. Shadow out of this I, because I, I I do own that game. 
You own that game? It's not good. I don't think you own it anymore. Oh, did I, did I, I leave it behind? I, I don't think that... <laughs> I do not think that that game exists under this roof. Oh, gosh. Sorry. <laughs> is this a shadow with a gun no zone? Yeah, sorry. That's, that is fine. I'm not missing I that mean, game. I mean, talking of awesome games done quick, I think they did a speed run of the Shadow of the Hedgehog game one year. And oh, I had yeah. to watch it out of, like, morbid curiosity, and it looks so bad. It's, why is he got a gun? In, in, back, going back to good Sonic games. Okay. They did some really good... Um, so, in terms of, like... There's, there's always this whole thing where people are like 2D Sonic games and then there's 3D Sonic games. Yeah. But the ones that never get any love in the 2D camp was they made like a bunch of ones for the Game Boy Advance called, um, I feel like basically just called like Sonic Advance, Sonic Advance 2, Sonic Advance 3. And I remember playing all of those and they were all, all three of them were like really good games. But like they were, they were definitely like sort of more true to the kind of original kind of 2D ones. Like not great in terms of story. I don't think there's much of a story, but. They were good. Um, I think the game on the console that should have got the most love though was uh, Sonic Battle. Oh uh, yeah, okay, that was I all right. That was good. I played a bunch of that. Yeah, and it was weird. was it Sonic Battle or was it like Sonic Advance Battle or something like that? Because I thought mm-hmm. Sonic, I'm thinking of Sonic Fighters, but yeah, no, that was good. It was that the one where there's kind of like a robot thing, and you're kind of trying to get closer and closer to it. I think but so. You have to keep fighting different people. Yeah, you do a lot of fighting and you raise your stats and stuff. I think I said I wouldn't play a fighting game, but another episode as well. Oh my gosh. But I would. I'd play that one. It's really good. <laughs> I don't feel like it was like a regular fighting game. It felt like a lot slower pace. Maybe. It didn't feel like a typical beat em up. It felt like a bit more like of an RPG, but with real fights rather than turn based yeah. battles or something. I don't think I've played it for like 10 years, but oh boy, did I I've enjoy got, it 10 years ago. I've got faint <laughs> memories of it, but I don't remember much about it. But I don't remember it being awful. I don't remember it like, oh, that game. I remember being like, this is a strange game. No. It's okay. Um, I'm so sorry. Can we just quickly talk about uh, Sonic Fighters, though? Because we were talking about Knack the Weasel a second ago. He does have a gun in that game. Yeah, like, his his main attack is literally just shooting. He's got... But it's kind of like... Gun. It, it's like a cork gun, though. Yeah, but... So it's not like a gun g- gun, but it's like a cork gun. Stop giving Sonic the Hedgehog and his friends guns. At this point, it's going to turn into a whole, like... let's. This podcast is just about Sonic the Hedgehog characters who have guns. Please, no more. Yeah, so um, in terms of 2D games, there was also some really good ones on the Nintendo DS. There was yeah. Sonic Rush and Sonic Rush Adventure. Um, mm-hmm. Sonic Rush introduced the character of Blaze the Cat. Yeah. Who was fine. She was fine. She was fine. <laughs> and Sonic Rush Adventures, I want to say, had, like... You were on a boat for part of it or something. I was not familiar with this game. Yeah, there was cat. also there was Sonic Colors as well, which I think was actually quite good. Like you got I'm, like individual powers in each of the zones. I might have dropped off for a bit. Yeah, there was a lot of weird Sonic games that kind of came out. There was a game where Sonic turned into a werewolf. I did not play that game. I did yeah. not want to play that game. I don't think many people did. I'm. Yeah, I was wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't really like. You were on a boat. It was more like you were on kind of like a jet ski thing. Oh, Sonic, you're so cool. It was very strange. Um, so yeah, that's 2D Sonic games. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, Sonic Mania that came out last year. That's a really good one. But I feel like we're about to we're about to get away from really good games. So let's give Sonic Mania gets a nice little mention because it's a really good game. It's a really good continuation of the original kind of like one, two, and three and Knuckles. Yeah. Now let's talk about some 3D games. So. In terms of good 3D games, mm-hmm. there was like Sonic 3D World, which I think you mentioned a little bit ago. That was like the one from the Mega Drive and possibly like the 32X. The one it that was, was kind of like. It was on the Sega. Yeah, it was like the one where it's like kind of like an isometric 3D angle. I, that was kind of fun. I really like that. I bloody loved it. I remember <laughs> trying to pretend I was sick so I didn't have to go to school so I could play Sonic 3D. 
and my mum knowing that I was pretending to be sick, so she would hide the game. That's quite clever. And it's quite. I was. Oh, I was rumbled. It's real yeah. bad, and I was just really sad because I was like, oh, I'm bored. I would <laughs> like, imagine that the situation was like you're like, oh no, I'm sick, and then kind of like you know, kind of like smirking under the covers, and then like an hour later, you get out of bed and you go straight for Sonic, and you're like, where's Sonic? And your mom's, your mom's <laughs> where's just my there. boy? Your mum's just there, like, oh. Sonic's sick, sick today as well. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that game's really good, but I haven't completed it because um, my sick assignment wouldn't save games. Oh, so no. I can I can get through it. I think I only ever got to, like, the second or third zone on it. I yeah. never played it on anything with, like, saving facilities either. It's really good. Oh, it's, okay. it's one where... Um, I don't know if Robotnik or Eggman or whatever, is he putting small animals in robots anymore? Yeah, that's yeah. all he ever does. It's all it's this thing. Yeah. It's like you you'd go and collect uh, flickies, which were the small birds inside yeah. the robots, and then they trail around behind you and if you get hit you lose your flickies and, and you have to go pick them up. collect them up again. And there were yeah, they there was a slow one and one that would just wander and one would bounce everywhere. And I hated the bouncy one. They were all pretty bad to be fair. I love that game though. It it's so the cool. it's the pain of like having like four of them and then losing them and I having to find them again. Five. No, but like, I mean, when you're going through the level, it's that pain of like collecting most of them and then losing them. Oh, the levels were really cool, though. Let's play it. It was nice. It was let's, really graphically let's nice. Let's stop the podcast. Let's go play Sonic 3D. Let's not, because then we won't have a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to skip forward. Um, did you ever play Sonic Heroes? Yeah, I did. I like that one. I got stuck on that one. Where did you get stuck? There was like this rail level or something, and I just could not do it. I was it, it like. Of- a rail level in a kind of an industrial setting. I think it was in a jungle. Maybe I'm yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like the jungle. Okay, so it, basically that that game, like you get to that kind of. There's like a really industrial one with like loads of train tracks and stuff for yeah. those rails, and then the one directly after that is this kind of very green, lush jungle one. And the green jungle one is the one where I got stuck. Ah, that's that. I was like, <laughs> so I wanted cute. to like see, like yeah, I wanted to test away the, the waters and stuff um, where you got stuck. Which characters did you play as? I always, used to, I always used to play as like a Sonic team. Oh, same. Like, uh, we'll get into Shadow later, but I just never really got Shadow. And then if you played as the Chaotix team, I feel like you had like slightly different um, targets of stuff that you had to do. Mighty's not even in it, so what's the point? They only really even acknowledged not Mighty being a person again recently. With the person. yeah, like um, <laughs> not a person, like an armadillo or whatever it was. <laughs> But um, yeah, like he kind of got erased from everything. I think whenever they, they got to a point where I think they just they just wanted to acknowledge Chaotix being a three piece and not a four piece. So they kept the B. So they kept the B. Sucks. But like, sorry, Charmy. But Charmy's like different enough from Tails, for example, than if you mm. put like Mighty and Knuckles together and Squint. What's the deal with Vector? What's his deal? Crocodile. Yeah, but like he's a tough boy, right? It's cool. He's a, leader he's of a the crocodile. Oh, is he the Sonic of the group? I think so. No, I thought. Um, he's cool. I guess so. But then what's what's Espio, the chameleon? Is he is he the? He's not really the knuckles of the group because like he is. I think Mighty he's, was the knuckles of the group. Well, he's too knuckly. That's why they got rid of him, and that's so Espio is kind of like less knuckly, but he yeah, can stay. Because I feel like Knuckles is like the grump. Yeah. So you got your so grumpy th- boy, you got your leader, was, and that's you why, got like, your fart. Mighty was like proper grumpy as well. I feel like when they first invented the character of Mighty, mm-hmm. they really just were like not. I think that there, there must have been some conversation somewhere where they were like, "Do you think maybe this character is a bit too close to Knuckles?" And they're like, "Nah, nah, that's fine. <laughs> they're fine. Mighty me. Knuckles, he's counting." But he was really good. I thought he was a really good character. Yeah, me too. I was. I was so just upset when he went. Got sidelined, but they brought him back for Sonic Mania recently in the DLC, yeah. so you can play as either Mighty or Ray, who are both in the 
um, like the arcade Sonic game. Yeah. Which I never got to play, but I remember hearing about it when I was younger and thinking, wow, cool. I watched footage of that from Sonic Jam and the Sonic World. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks really good. I have no idea what it is. Very nice. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. In terms of other 3D Sonic games, like, I feel like I might have shied away from quite a lot of them since. Like, I never played Sonic Unleashed, which was the werewolf one. Yeah. Well, sorry, the werehog one. <laughs> I never played... There was a bunch that came out for, like, the Wii that I yeah. never played. Like, maybe it's, like, Sonic and the Lost Ring? Kingdom? Oh, Ring? No. Secret oh. Kingdom? It's Secret got a lot Ring? Um, there's the infamous Sonic on Xbox game, which technically I did... I played in, um... I played it on a in-store yeah. machine once, and it was, like, some level with, like, a lava thing, and I just, like, ran around the wall and fell straight in the lava, like, three times in a row and was, like this is bad <laughs> I don't need to buy this I don't need to buy this that's the infamous Sonic 06 that people talk about kind of like spit on the floor every time they do oh Sonic no I'm kind of intrigued to like play that game no no I'm not no you're stopped. not I've, there's, God, there's, stop I don't have time to play all the good video games we've got I don't want to delve into bad ones um, and yeah there was like the Sonic one that came out last year and I could not remember what it was called did they put? They do another Sonic Racing game, but they put them in cars. Oh, there was like Sonic Racing Transformed, which was kind of alright. I played a demo of it a while ago. There's but been a lot of Sonic games. They're bringing out a new Sonic Racing one as well. Is he just, in a car then? I think he's in a car again. Why is he in a car? Because he's the, the fastest end. boy alive. But sometimes, I guess you don't want to. Maybe your legs are tired. You wanna, <laughs> Got to even the playing. I want to get fast, but I want to get faster in a car. What's a, what would you say makes Sonic so cool? That he was like a cool blue hedgehog. That it? He's I blue, so. he's a hedgehog. I don't know, if I was to be like, hey, childhood he's Steph. Got childhood Steph, why is Sonic cool? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't he's think I ever thought spiky. Sonic was cool. I thought I he was rude. <laughs> I thought he was cool. But then we watched a bunch of the different cartoons recently to kind of get a flavour for what they were like. Mm. And he's a bit of a... He's not really a great character now, through like today's lenses. He's kind of a bit of an arrogant jerk. Yeah. But like, oh, I guess he's like a lovable arrogant jerk. I don't know. Um. Okay, you got a choice now. Oh, cool. Do you want to start talking Sonic the comic, or do you want to start talking Sonic the cartoon shows? Oh, we're talking about the cartoon shows. I think we talked okay. enough about the comic, haven't we? Oh no, there's a lot to get into with the comic. Oh, there's a lot more. I've got a whole list about the comic we need to get into. Well, but um, let's talk about the TV shows first. So, um, going in kind of chronological order, um, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. What were your memories of that? Is that the one where it's super cartoony? That's the one that's like real, like real slapstick. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just like I we watched a we watched a bunch of the Sonic cartoons and yeah. Egg, Eggman, Robotnik. Robo- I, always Robotnik. For us it's Robotnik. We okay. grew up on Robotnik, so Robotnik ugly. They made him nah. really weird looking. Like I mean it made him way more sinister, but across the board I think in like all the cartoons they made him like more cone head. Yeah. With those really big uh, black eyes. He was spooky. I don't that, like that, was that like, design. That was something that they had to do they had to do it because of a reason I can't remember what the reason was, but they had to do it for the co- they had to do it in the comic as well. Yeah, because of those changes, they wanted to make changes across the board to what Robotnik looked like. Yeah, well, they, but then well, that they never made co- I don't think it ever crossed over to the video games though, which is strange. No, I just oh, I hate that design. Yeah. But I mean, you're supposed to hate Robotnik, so nailed yeah. it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I watched a lot of um, Sonic 
what was it called? Sonic Adventure? Uh, it was The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I'm sorry, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. And Tails? Tails was there a lot. No? Okay. So I watched a lot of that like as a kid, but it's watching it again, it's like really super cartoony. Like, what th- kind of era of cartoons? I mean, it would have been coming out in that era, I guess. Yeah, I think it was like, it definitely matched up with other things of the time. Like, in terms of tone and stuff, it wasn't that far away from stuff like, like Animaniacs and Tiny yes. Toon Adventures and stuff. So I guess it kind of like, I feel like they were trying to make Sonic very much like the Bugs Bunny esque character because I think there was a lot of a lot of exchanges between him and like uh, Robotnik's hench like hench robots yeah and it was always kind of like they were like you know like they were Wiley e. Coyote he was Roadrunner or he they were Elmer Fudd and Fudd sorry and he was Bugs that kind of thing so yeah um but yeah that's like that's really just a really goofy show yeah compared. that was like totally goofy do you remember the monkey on it because they did a version of, like, coconut... You know how there's, like, the, the monkeys that throw stuff in Sonic 2? Yeah, Sonic I vaguely remember. They had a monkey character in that as well, and he was kind of, like, the third kind of hench robot, but he was basically just, like, a, an anthropom... He was basically just, like, a, a little monkey character, but with, like, a flashing... Yeah. Like, a flashing light on his head. And I feel like he was... It was, like... I feel like they did a really weird job of making that true to the cartoon, like, I mean, true to the video games, like, even at all. But yeah. I remember loving it when I was, like, younger, though, because it was the first one that I think got onto UK television. Yeah. And so I was just, like, drinking it up. Like, I was into it so bad. I think I did have Sonic tapes. Oh, yeah. But um, what was the what's the other Sonic cartoon that we watched? Yeah, the dark one, which is like looking at the dates online. Apparently, they were like making they were making both these cartoons at the same time. But there was like a darker series called Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's known online as like Sonic the Hedgehog the Saturday AM series. The Saturday yeah. AM series, I think it might have been like the channel that was on in America. That show was so gritty compared to the other one. That one was so gritty, but then we watched the first episode of that again, and it wasn't as dark and gritty as I was expecting, considering like. I don't. I feel like the 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 top like the main kind of gist of it was that Robotnik is like taking. I mean, it's like the same kind of thing that it's always been. Is that Robotnik's taking all like the citizens of this planet and turning them into robots? But I feel like the cartoon made it so much darker and realer. Like they kind of took Sonic's. Um, so in in this cartoon, Sonic has an uncle Chuck who's basically like <laughs> looks like Sonic, <laughs> but he's got like a mustache. Just, uh, it's a lighter shade of blue. Yeah, and they they roboticize him like really early on. And you find that he's gone missing, and they find you find out that he's been turned into like a robot, and it's this whole kind of thing where like Robotnik's taking like, I guess it's not so much as like in the video games, like Robotnik's taking cute little animals and turn like trapping them in robots, but then you hit a robot, and you know the animal flies out or oh, hops just away. Oh, not fly out this time. I don't remember. I feel like they made it into more of a weird thing where. And didn't they kill a character in the episode we watched? We watched like. We watched the first two episodes, and in episode two, there was a character that was literally just called Cat. He was a cat. He was a cat. And literally, they didn't come up with a name for him. So everyone else has got a cat. Everyone else has, like, a real name. Like, there's, like, Sally Acorn, who's, like, a chipmunk, and Antoine, who's, like, I don't know, a, a mole weasel? weasel or something. And, you know, like, there's, there's there's like, a bunny rabbit character, and they've got a name as well. Isn't it called Bunny? It might be called Bunny, but I'm going <laughs> to let that go because that could be a name. Okay, okay. But this guy's literally just called Cat. Yeah. And like Cat's whole deal in that episode is he gets captured and then... Captured. That's awful. Sorry. And then it literally kind of ends with Sonic going... Sonic's kind of like... I don't know. They do this mission that they're going to do in like Robotnik's like metropolis area or whatever and then Sonic's like oh wait a minute I've got one last thing to do and then he zooms back to Cat's cell and Cat's gone and you don't really get like you don't really get a gist of has he been killed has he been turned into a robot he's just like that's it yeah 
and it's kind of weird like looking back on it it feels like a lot more goofy than i remember it being but when i think back of that show and the memories i've got of it from when i was a child it seemed so much more serious and dark was it was like, really creepy. Sonic's really hyped up and stuff. Like he's really goofy in it, but the rest of it is very, very dark. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you uh, robotics like voiced by the person who does Winnie the Pooh? Oh my gosh, yeah, that's like the best thing I found out recently. It's like evil Winnie the Pooh. It's um. So Jim, is it Jim Cummings? Jim yeah, Cummings probably. is the voice of Winnie the Pooh, but he also voices Robotnik in this series. But even better, um, Robotnik's sidekick in this series is like a little kind of like like Weasley man called Snively or Sneevely or something. And he was voiced by the guy who does all the voices of Cow and Chicken. So growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch Cow and Chicken because like, <laughs> the voices annoyed my mum. Uh, so we also watched an episode of Cow Chicken. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I get that. I understand. We understand now. <laughs> but it was like as soon as I heard the voice of like Sneevely... I was like, I know that voice. And then I looked up the voice actor and it was like, yeah, it's the, you... the voice of cow and chicken. I'm not going to do an impression of it. No, I was going to ask you an impression of Robotnik. I can't do an impression doing? of Robotnik He either. sounds like so evil in the show. He is, because he sounds like an evil Winnie the Pooh, though. <laughs> no, like, I, if you want to hear what we're talking about, if you search on YouTube for just like Sonic the Hedgehog, Sat AM, Robotnik, I don't know. Um, um, You'll, you you will not be able to hear him as anything other than evil Winnie the Pooh now, and I'm so sorry to ruin that. Also, the guy who does the voice of Winnie the Pooh is starting to appear at like a bunch of UK comic conventions now, so I'm so tempted to just go and be like, "Hi, can you do Robotnik voice, please?" That sounds awful. He'll I don't think I'll do that. Money. He'll charge me money. He'll charge me money. He'll turn me into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was that. Um, then there was like the weird. Well, okay, actually no. Like then they made. Um, there was like the Japanese um, OVA, like the, the movie we watched the other day. What does OVA stand for? Um, original video animation, I think. Okay, I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah, this was really like this is like I feel like the most true in terms of the characters just being on model. It's like the video game art and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, do you want to describe the the whole setup of everything? Okay, it's just... spoiler alert from 1996. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, everyone. It's been a long time. Um, gosh, what happens? What does happen? There's a Mel Robotnik. There's a Metal Sonic. Um, Robotnik needs to trick Sonic into coming into his robot lair so he can clone Sonic's DNA and make Metal Sonic with, and then send Metal Sonic to mess him up. But there's like loads of stuff that happens in between. Yeah, isn't the um, whole the whole gist is that Robotnik is pretending that he's like he's lost control of like a robot or something that's gonna take over everything. Yeah. But then it turns out that it was just a cheeky ploy and he wanted to just get Sonic's DNA and make make Metal Sonic. And that's really, like, the main attraction here, I think. I think... What are your fe- What did you think of this film? I think it's goofy and weird. I think I wanted to... Um, they advertised it a lot in Sonic the Comic when I was growing up, and I always wanted to see it. Yeah. But I never actually got a chance to see it. So getting to watch it, like, years later is kind of fun and rewarding. But I think... The, the only thing I don't really like about it, I don't really like the king character they introduce. I don't like the princess character they introduce. I think all the, I think they've introduced a bunch of weird characters in this film to he's just not, create some dodgy situations. He's not a king. He's the president. President and the president's yeah, daughter. Right. Okay. Um, I love this film, but yeah, it is, I guess, a product of its time. <laughs> product of its time is a good um, um, Yeah. There's, uh, there's the president and the president's daughter, Sarah, um, I think she's the only female character in the movie. Is Amy Rose not in it? Amy Rose is not in it. Oh, wow. Um, 
But also, while we were watching this, you were saying that there's been an edited version and a non-edited version. Oh, yeah. it turns. I thought that there was a bunch of stuff that got edited out from the DVD releases. It turns out it says the DVD releases got all the stuff that was edited out of the VHS release back in the day. So the DVD we were watching had all the weird dodgy bits in it. So, yeah, there are a few dodgy bits in it. Um, mainly to do with Sarah, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah. <laughs> I knew there's a bit where Sarah entails, like, roll, are rolling down a hill they're kind of tangled up <laughs> and when they get to the bottom of the hill tails his hands around sarah's breasts and knuckles is also there but like knuckles is like tails how could you and tails like oh i'm, I'm sorry i'm yeah, sorry it's so goofy like, so there's like some humor like that in it there's a bit where metal sonic uh gets shot up through the bottom of sarah's space space shuttle she's in with robotnik and he sees up her skirt so there's that there's that oh and then because because, and then because sonic the whole i think the whole gist of that is because sonic is experiencing what metal sonic is experiencing he then feels embarrassed because of it no i thought he was embarrassed though because sonic lands on the spaceship with his legs spread and he hits his junk because there's there's a bit of that as well i think that's a separate bit i think the worst of these is um when robotnik it cuts to robotnik's weird fantasy where he's married to Princess, or the President's daughter, Zara, and she's breastfeeding one of his children. And they've also got a lot of children in that shot. But yes. he wants to marry her. He wants to make Oh, he's so wholesome and woman. good. I, she's not into it. It's not consensual. It's um, so weird. If you want to go on to a, a very strange ride, I think you can find the whole movie on YouTube, because it's very difficult to track down on DVD nowadays, apparently. Yes. Uh, There's from 1996. So that's 1996. Kind of the age. But I, apart from all that dodgy stuff... Oh, Knuckles has got a hat. Knuckles has got... Knuckles has got a hat. Metal Robotnik's really cool. It's got... Really uh, Metal Robotnik's fine, but it's all about Metal Sonic, I think. Metal Sonic is really cool. Because it's, like, a totally, like, on-model Metal Sonic as well. Yeah. Which is, like, always good. I really like the... I think the film looks really beautiful. Then the shots are really cool. I really like all the robots. It's very good. I think the good. story is fun. It's a little bit horny, which is a shame. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, also, I like the voice acting. Tails sounds like he's got a cold, which I think is like appropriate for Tails. Um, but usually with the Sonic cartoons, when they cast Sonic's voice, they try and make him sound like edgy and cool and they kind of overdo it and it doesn't sound like that at all. Whereas this one, he's kind of like just very laid back and very much like, meh, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I'm cool in this different way. But um, I, yeah, I really I really like the movie. I enjoyed I watching okay. the movie again. I, I wouldn't like have robots. said, I think if I'd have watched it back in the day, I don't think it would have like... I think it wouldn't have like overtook the the Sonic Saturday AM one, but um, yeah. What what are your what are your thoughts and feelings about the next animated series that came out, Sonic Underground? Sonic Underground. Um. Okay. So sorry about that. I I bought that box set. Except I was. I think, I think many people did buy that box set. I think it's the only like widely available box set that there was for a while. I think I've got both my Sonic movie and Sonic Underground from H and M when I was like twelve or thirteen. But H and M, H and B, they both sound the same. I'm always getting them confused. But um, I think like I wanted my mum to buy it for me. I don't know if it was like I was too scared to go to the counter. With Wait, how old were you? Like twenty one, twenty two, or how? What? I was 12, 13 when I bought it. Um, I did, so I don't know whether it was like, I was just shy and I didn't want to go up to the counter, or I was like, I don't think Sonic's cool, but I want this, and I don't want anyone to see me buying it. 
Like, I don't know if I was very self-aware at <laughs> that age. But um, I got the box set. I don't think Sonic should be on an instrument. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think they did a lot of weird stuff, like, especially after they've established in a bunch of things by this point, that there was a pink hedgehog called Amy Rose that was his, like, you know, that wanted to be, they either wanted to be his girlfriend or was his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then in this cartoon, there is a pink hedgehog, but it's, like, his sister. And then there's also a green hedgehog as well, because why not? And that's also his brother, and they've got, like, a weird thing where their mum was, like, a queen, and there's a prophecy about overthrowing Robotnik, and then their mum disappears, and the entire cartoon was about them finding their mum again. Yeah, but also it was, like, super Bon Jovi. Like the songs I played. Yeah, like we watched the first episode of that again, just to like jog our memories on it in a bit. And the song that they play in that show was like super Bon Jovi esque. Like I was getting a very strong Bon Jovi vibe from it. So it's a like very like power rock. Like I think I think I didn't enjoy it because like I we just watched the Sonic movie and I was on like Sonic movie high. And I was like, this isn't Sonic the movie, o- OBA. <laughs> it's weird how, like, they have this big sort of, like, Sonic lore that's told in the video games, and then the animated shows just tried to do such a different thing from it. There was, like, um, Sonic Underground came out to try and promote um, Sonic Adventure. It's like, the two yeah, are just you think, similar. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's like, they wanted, like, a TV show to, like, help market the games, but they didn't have much to do with one another. Like, if anything, I would have said, like, Sonic X was maybe a bit more similar to Sonic Adventure. But I didn't see that much of Sonic X. All I know about Sonic X was it was the one where it was, like, Sonic's in, like, the human world. And I feel yeah. like that's what Sonic Adventure was like, where they're in the human world. Oh, yeah, and that. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that was right. Maybe that fact was wrong. Maybe it was, like, Sonic X and Sonic Adventure that were meant to co-promote each other or something. So what is Sonic Boom promoting? No, Sonic Boom was promoting Sonic Boom, the game of the same name, wasn't it? Oh, that game yeah, buggy. That was the one that came out, and then um, uh, there's just like lots of like weird. There, there was some strange thing in it where if you could like do this weird like eternal jump thing and get skip through a bunch of the levels by just getting really high up on, in them. But Sonic Boom was strange. Sonic Boom was kind of like someone watched Adventure Time and was like, you know what? Like, Sonic's kind of like Finn. And Doc- Dr. Robotnik's kind of like the Ice King. There's a cartoon there. Let's do that. So it is kind of like... It's it's funny, I think. Yeah. But I think it's funny in terms of, like... Maybe if Adventure Time had never existed, it'd be funnier. I like both of those shows, and I'm happy for them to both exist yeah. in the same universe. It's kind of like... I, I do like the idea that someone wanted to make another Sonic kind of animation and make it a, a, an actually good, funny one. Because there are really good, funny moments in it. I think the important thing that we should be talking about is Robotnik's designs throughout these whole shows. So, my personal take on Robotnik's design is very ugly in the cartoons, great in the movie. And then he becomes like, he's kind of like buff in Sonic Boom. Like, he's got, he goes, like, he's like an upside down triangle. I don't really think he's ever changed that much. You've got, the, you've got the main, there's like the main two designs and that's all it's ever he's been. He's very stylish in Sonic Boom. He's not, he's just round with longer legs. Got nah, he's like an upside down trying. I've not looked at a picture of Robotnik in a while. No. But no. my favourite design is from the Sonic movie. That's great. That's because it's just a video game it's design. So good. It's, Why did they stray from that? I don't because it's just it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Alright. But it's nothing it's nothing to call home about. It's literally just the video game one but in okay. a cartoon well, form. What's what's your favourite Sonic design? Because he has changed a lot. 
Uh, just like the original one. Just when the small, looked, small round Sonic. Yeah, when he was like less, less slick. Because he more he's... just like the original kind of like just round, really like I round, round tummy, round head. <laughs> Good old classic round Sonic. I think he starts round. They stretch him out, and then they give him like a bandana and some cloth around his wrists. Yeah, that was super weird. Um, we should get into Sonic the comic now. I think. Okay, are we gonna round off with Sonic the comic? We're going to round off with Sonic the Comic, but then we're going to do listener questions. Okay. So, Sonic the Comic, what do you remember? In fact, no, I'm going to go into one really big thing with Sonic the Comic. So, Sonic the Comic was like <laughs> the UK comic that was made, that was like... I think essentially what happened was there was an American comic series that kind of continued the Sat AM Sonic TV show, which is what, where they introduced, like... I mean, both, both the UK and America comics had their own version of, like, Sonic having this kind of gang of posse of, like, other animals called the Freedom Fighters. Yeah. But the American Archie comics kind of went in a direction that followed the AM TV show. Mm-hmm. So it had, like, Princess Sally Acorn. It had um, Antoine, the weird little French He's guy. The least naked of them all. The least naked of them all. Um, the bunny rabbit with the metal arm. And a walrus with a tool belt? He's I think that's cool. right. He's got a backwards cap. Yeah, so that, that's the one that... That was for the Archie comics that... I've got, like, one Archie comic book that my parents bought me as a birthday present to be kind of like, hey, do you remember when you had all those Sonic the Comics when you were growing up? Look, we found one for you on Amazon. And although the thought was really nice, it's, like, the Archie comics that I wasn't really familiar with. So I've kind of, like, seen some of the Archie comics, and they're not that dissimilar in tone, really, than the UK comics. However. 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 The UK comics did a thing where they kind of had this origin story that I think was alluded to in one of the, like, the original, like, there was a comic that apparently came with one of the Sonic games, like, years and years and years ago. Yeah. Where it kind of alluded to there being, like, a, prof- a Professor Kinzabor who a thing happened to, and then they became Robotnik. Oh, my God. This makes me so angry. Yeah, so... so <laughs> oh. The entire... The, the origin story from the UK comics, and I'm not sure how much this diverges from, like, what the American Archie comics were like, but um, Sonic was just, like, a speedy, regular old hedgehog running around Mobius, the planet that he came from. Yeah. So he's a typical black, like, um, brown hedgehog. He's got kind of, like, spines and everything. Just likes running around. And then one day he befriends this uh, professor called Professor Ovi Kintobar. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, a really sort of friendly-looking guy. He's got, like, a ginger moustache. And um, uh, Dr. Ovi Kintobar is, like, trying to get all of these... Um, trying to collect all these Chaos Emeralds. And he's got them in a machine that's got all these rings in it. And basically what he's doing is, like, getting all the evil energy of the world and keeping it in this machine. Sounds good. It sounds really sounds good. Nice. So Sonic starts helping him. Um, the one day in Kintabar's lab, Sonic's uh, running in this running machine that he's got. Because, mm-hmm. like, Kintabar's like, yo, this hedgehog's really fast, so let's, like, test this stuff as well. And the one day he gives Sonic these new running shoes, his infamous red running shoes. Yeah. And from With what I read earlier on, they were, meant to be, they were meant to be frictionless running shoes, which makes no sense now, so we're going to gloss over that, because make no sense and um yeah so Sonic basically broke the speed of sound and turned blue which is like the, the Sonic we know and love so all of his regular old hedgehog spines fused together to make these like little blue shark fin-esque spikes yeah and he turned blue and he was faster than ever now the one day um you know Doctor. so basically like Kintobar and Sonic then are like hunting around for this mystical seventh chaos, seventh chaos emerald which might be the grey emerald which is the one that's going to like neutralise all of the evil in the other emeralds and get rid of it like forever make yeah. the world beautiful perfect place get rid of all the evil and um 
they can't track it down. I think later on it's um it's theorized that the Grey Emerald is actually the one that's powering Knuckles' floating island, which explains why they couldn't find it because it was floating around. By the way, floating island, really cool. We're gonna get to that because that's also very good. Um, and so yeah, like um, this one day, um, Sonic's uh, Sonic and Kinterbar are working together with this whole machine, trying to get rid of all the evil in the world. And, <laughs> and Sonic's like, I think Sonic's like, yo, I'm like, I'm hungry. Can you get me a snack or something? Or like, at the very least, Kinterbar is hungry and going to the fridge to get a snack. And all that's in this fridge is a rotten egg. And you know, it's a rotten egg, but it'll do. And so Kinterbar's walking. Kinterbar's walking back to the big computer console with the thing. And here's where the stories divert because some of the stories are that Kinterbar gets distracted by the egg and types the wrong command into the computer. But I think the best version of this story is the one where Kinterbar trips over a wire in the lab and smashes into the console, or the keyboard console of this machine, with the rotten egg. And there's a big explosion. All of the Chaos Emeralds are released. All of the Chaos Energy is released. All of the rings are released into the world, which is, this is a great story because it explains everything in the games. And um, all of that evil energy went into Kinterbar. And whereas his name badge used to say Ovi Kinterbar, his name badge now reads Ivo Robotnik. Dun dun dun! And that's where that's where Robotnik came from, and he becomes like this like really deranged genius because he's still a clever professor guy, but he's now evil. He's got all the evil from the world that's been collected so far inside of him, and he's now Sonic's mortal enemy. And he starts like you know wanting to trap animals into Robotnik robot cases and whatnot. When you first told me how Doctor Robotnik came to be because of a rotten egg. I thought you were joking. I'm just I like you were telling me lies. This is the stuff you missed out from from not seeing those early years of Sonic the Comet because that's like the origin story. That's where it, that's I, how it all happened. I hate that story so much. I mean, it's a good story, but it's not. I idea. think. Well, I think it's a great way of explaining everything. And um, I don't know what the story is for the Archie comics. I think I should look into that because I'm intrigued as to where where the Archie comics say Robotnik came from. Because, like, some of the video games... I've read some of the video game synopsis and they've got this whole thing where there's, like, a whole lineage of different Robotniks. Like, there's a whole bunch of, like, Robotniks through history who ended up with the Robotnik we've got now. I don't know. It's very strange. I want to write a Robotnik spin-off comic. No, just, like, that's, like... I need to get in touch with me. Let's just read the old side of the comics. Like, that's all we need. (laughs) So, um, other things that Sonic the Comic had, there was an incredible storyline where there was... they Because they, the Sonic the Comic story, like, the whole the whole Sonic the Comic thing in the UK was they tried to make the, the storylines for the comics actually fit in with what was happening in the video games. Oh, so nice. when Sonic CD came out and introduced, yeah. like, Metal Sonic into the mix... My fave. They did a whole storyline where Metal Sonic had kidnapped Amy Rose yeah. and took her onto that big metal... Metal planet that was chained to the Earth. And I all feel that bad stuff. for saying he's Mobius, my fave sorry. now. So rude. Oh yeah, he's a total. He's not cool. <laughs> he looks cool. He isn't looks cool. cool. So um, yeah, and then they ended up with having a thing where there was a whole planet full of Metal Sonics. I love that. Story. The planet of Metallics, and it was really good. I remember being so into this stuff. I think the whole iconography of like having the big metal planet chained to Mobius was really cool. I yes. really enjoyed that. that and I think awesome. that was one of the things when I first came across your work online. You'd use like a similar thing with like the moon being chained to Whoops, the Earth. I've been rumbled. Which like <laughs> I totally I mean, yeah, but straight away I was like I, I remember loving that from the story of the comics. I was like that's really cool. It's being used in a comic because it was like such a cool concept then and it still is now so I really I thought that was really fun 
Shame. No, it's like no shame. It's just a fun. Out. No one else has ever used that idea since. It's, it's so really good. good. Well, it's because like, it's not my idea to use. Yeah, but the iconography was of it was incredible. Yes. And like it's um, it's like the same thing. It's like you have it in the the intro video for Sonic CD where they've got like yes. Sonic like running up the chain, and it's like oh, it's so oh, good. So cool. Um, another big thing that I've got noted down is when they finally captured Robotnik for issue one hundred. Okay. So that was a whole storyline where they unleashed like a big, like massive. It was something to do with um, part of the supersonic storyline where a bunch of energy got released and it yeah. knocked out all the power on Mobius. And because of that, Robotnik had no robots. So, so they ended up capturing him for and like once they and for all. Just smash him with some real ripe eggs they and just, they turned so regular. They just chucked him in a prison and I think he ended up getting out. So. Aww, what a rascal. Um, yeah, like leading on from that, like supersonic. So essentially, the whole thing with the video games, right? You yeah. you collect all of the Chaos Emeralds in a video game. Yeah. And there's like one per zone, whatever, or one per special Got stage. Got to spread them out evenly. But then there was a whole cool thing where if you press, if you then press jump and then jump again. Yeah. When you were Sonic and you had at least 50, 50 rings, pardon me. <laughs> you would turn into Super Sonic, who was like yellow version of Sonic, and he had like super speed and was invincible. It's and like then super speed. He was like amazing and it was like the coolest thing in the world. And the way the comic series dealt with it was. They always had Sonic be a little bit unhinged when he became Supersonic. Yeah. But then there was a storyline. I don't remember all the ins and outs of it, but they ended up making it so that Supersonic became this separate demonic entity. So there was Sonic, and then there was also Supersonic at, like, the same time. And then they ended up having to trap him in... Do you remember the OmniViewer? It was, like, like kind of a floating TV screen. Yes, I remember that. Interdimensional stuff. Yes. But, um, yeah, so Supersonic was, like, this big kind of, like, demonic thing with, like, sharp teeth and, like, spirally, like, chaotic eyes. And I we've, think that was really cool. We've got um, a print of that in our living room. You say a print of that, like, it's, like, I something nicer. I mean, like, a poster nicer. that I've torn out from you still, the, the yeah, comic. You've still got, like, a pin-up from the side of the comic <laughs> of it. But it survived through the years. I think some of the corners are a bit ripped and stuff, but... Yeah. But that's really good. I really like that demonic Sonic, the um, Supersonic thing. I love me some demonic Sonic. Yeah, um, another favorite storyline that I used to really enjoy was um, there was this whole weird origin thing with Tails where he came from like I think it was like the Nameless Zone, yeah. and so every so often he would be called to tell with a problem, and he'd been apparently sending letters home that implied that he was the hero and Sonic was the sidekick. Oh, Tails! So they deck him out with like a, a little sword and like armor, and he'd have to go defeat a monster, and then he would obviously he'd defeat the monster by accident or like something would happen. And he'd actually you know, you know, tell. like you know, when someone like accidentally, like, oh, I've fallen into this thing, which has dropped this thing on the thing, and now I've saved the day somehow. Uh, I so I think it was time, that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> but I used to like that kind of like dynamic because Tails was always like, you know, Sonic wasn't exactly that nice to Tails. He was a little bit dismissive of him. It wasn't like that, you know. Tails always meant well. But I think Tails Sonic was always a little bit Sonic. like sarcastic to him. Hang out with me. I'll be nice to you. Um, what else did I get? And Metamorphia was a cool Metamorphia. one. Metamorphia. Yeah. You reminded me about Metamorphia. She's cool. She changes into things. What was her deal? What was her thing? I haven't looked up in a very long time, but she morphed. She was cool. I think Robotnik was a jerk to her. Yeah, I think there was a whole kind of thing where she ended up being like, like yet another sort of villain on the side of Robotnik. But then I think that it kind of, it kind of like continued on a bit. So yeah, Metamorphia was kind of a fun one. Um. I really, I don't know if I loved or hated the Marxio brothers. They did a whole thing where the, in the carnival zone, it was like a kind of, 
there was like a trio of brothers who were working for Robotnik who were literally like a cross between them, like the Mario brothers and a cross between the Marx brothers. And it was kind of like fun, but it was kind of like they were like just a bit like evil and villainy and like I think silly. For me, reading the song in the comic as a kid, I wanted to see animals doing cool stuff. So whenever they put people in it, I'd be like, who are these people? I don't want these people. Robotnik can stay. There's only one person allowed. I don't know if they ever really explained where these human people came from. Because, <laughs> like, other than Robot... I mean, I guess it's wherever Robotnik came from or Kinterbor came from. Yeah. That's a weird one. Um, there was also, as we were about to mention before, like, Knuckles and the Floating Island, which I really liked. So they brought in Knuckles and his whole floating island because of, like, the Sonic and Knuckles game. Yeah. And having the big, massive emerald on it and all that stuff, I think, was really cool. Um... There was, like, a lot of weird stuff to do with, like, the ancient echidnas. I feel like oh, there was yeah. a, there was a storyline where, like, like a white echidna turned up. I think Knuckles wanted to be quite trusting of them, but then they ended up being a bit of a turd. Oh, bummer. Yeah, so there was some weird stuff with that. And then, um, yeah, my, 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 my all-time favourite one, the story when Sonic was a human boy. So there was, like, there was the storyline where Sonic woke up the one day... And he he thought he dreamt being a blue hedgehog, and he was actually like a boy with like just black spiky hair. And there's one point when he's like trapped in a garden for some reason, and he tries to do a spin attack through the fence, and he just does like this awkward forward roll into it. And then it ends up it was just a whole like Robotnik was just trying to brainwash Sonic into thinking he was a human boy kind of thing. But it was like such a weird storyline, and getting to finally read it after I cried and made a fuss about it was mm. still really good. So I think I hated that because. I hated you crying. <laughs> I hate I hated human Sonic because again I was like I didn't sign it for this. I don't want it. I don't want to read this comic. It looks so weird. Also, I think oh, there was like um, uh, his next door neighbor had like he thought the next door neighbor was like tails, but it was just a kid wearing like like almost like a like you know one of those like um, raccoon hats with the tails yeah. on it. I think it was just a kid wearing one of those. And so it was all these like weird things where he thought he kept thought he was seeing stuff, but it ended up just being like human equivalents and it was no, weird. It's too sad. Um I think that's all the notes I got from Sonic the Comic. And um, I do wanna like get more I wanna find out more about what happened with the late years of Sonic the Comic because I when when researching for this episode I totally came across like a bunch of stuff of like storylines that I never like read any of. So I'm intrigued to find out more. I'm intrigued to read, like, the current Sonic comics. But... Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's totally worth mentioning that the current... That, um, Sonic the comic was... Well, Sonic the American comic was originally being put out by, like, Archie Comics. But yeah. now it's now it's now put out by IDW. And it's, I, I'm excited to see what it's like because I've not actually read any of them yet. Um, I can't remember her name. Um, but I, it's, it's at Loopy Loop on Twitter she does a variant for each um, issue and they're so beautiful and we have like um, artwork Sonic artwork by her in like yeah, a hallway yeah, yeah. but she's awesome you should check her out um, Loopy Loop is spelt with like three P's in the middle we'll put the right we'll put a link in the podcast notes yeah it's just it's very good I really it like is. her art so I wanted to do a little shout out there okay um, we asked for a bunch of Sonic the Hedgehog related questions I'm ready so here's what we got from Twitter um Mythical Griffin mm-hmm. on Twitter asks, "What was our best slash favorite boss fight oh, in gosh. Sonic games?" Um, I think one that like stuck with me is one from Sonic 3D, where you're in the ancient ruins. It's like the second set of levels, and like Robotnik, he like toots down his little uh, Robotnik ship, 
and he takes over like this thing with two claws and you like raises the claws slams them down you have to jump on the claws get raised up and then hit the ship but all the levels like like all the boss fights in like sonic 3d looked really cool i think i think they've done a lot of boss fights like that well there was a bunch on the ds games where it was like sonic was where robotic was anything with two hands and the hands would like slam down you had to jump on things on the hands uh, and stuff sonic 3d is older oh yeah yeah so that's totally <laughs> that way for that um i love the big like mecha robotic fight at the honestly oh. at the end of sonic 2 yes i think that's really cool because that's like such like it's such like a big it's it's just a very aesthetically pleasing thing to look at this big massive robotnik robot thing yeah, I think yeah. that's definitely one of my favourite ones just because it's like it feels like such a good boss fight to have at the end and I feel like it's a good one because it's like it's just one boss that you defeat and then that's it Yeah. whereas I think after Sonic games after that had a, I think they had a habit of like having final bosses where you would, de- you would defeat phase one of the boss mm-hmm. and then there'd be a second phase and a third phase whereas I think the one at the end of Sonic 2 is just this big one thing and then you defeated it and that was it yeah so i think that wins for that um they also say what's your opinion on ken penders if you know who he is and what he did i looked into ken penders after after seeing this question and it doesn't sound like he's that great of a guy it sounds like he had a lot to do with um when we were talking about the sonic um sat am series before that that show ended after um series two and I think it ended with a lot of unresolved storylines. And from what I read online, Ken Penders was the reason that a series three or a movie that explained the end of that stuff never happened. So it sounds like he's kind of not that great of a person. And I think he also tried to put together like a movie pitch for Sonic the Hedgehog that sounded very bad. And you can read more about it online if you Google Sonic Ken Penders. Ken, you you scamp. The Sonic the Sonic fandom does not hold him in high regard, but. I do remember that the Sonic AM series just ended on a big old cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, basically with, like, Robotnik's henchmen kind of, like, taking his place. And then it being like, well, what happens next? And I think a lot of people wanted to know what would happen next. But then this never got... This never happened because, apparently, Ken Penders. So what that's what to, I think of Ken Penders. What happened to Robotnik? I think... I don't remember exactly. All I remember is there was a thing, and through the smoking... There was, like, a sort of a smoking ruins and wreckage and stuff, and it was, like, Sneevely wearing Robotnik's oh, clothes or something like that. What a big spoiler. It's too late for spoilers, though. Um, uh, at Pure Peachy says, What's your favourite Sonic spin-off game? I'm personally a big fan of Sonic Heroes. Spin-off game? Yeah, like a Sonic game that's not like the main series. I guess Sonic Sonic Battle... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I might... I really liked um, Sonic Spinball, the pinball game. Yeah. But I was never very good at it. I could never get past the first level. I always used to fall down. There's a bit that you could fall down before you um, got re-pinballed up, and I have memories of just falling <laughs> uh, down yes, a lot. yes, the technical term, re-pinballed. <laughs> Thanks, you're welcome. Um, Trent Van Sluten says, mm-hmm. What's your earliest memory of playing Sonic? Sonic Jam, I guess the Sonic World. Uh, but what's your earliest memory? So, what was the very first when you when you first fired up Sonic Jam? What was the first Sonic game you delved into? I think it was I was watching my uncle play it. I didn't oh, yeah. get to play it first, apparently, or something like oh. that. Um, <laughs> I think maybe I played it for a bit and I plopped Sonic on Tails, and then I was like, he lives there now. And my uncle was like, don't you want to play the game? And I was like, no, he stays up there. And then my uncle being like, I'm gonna play the game, and I'm like, don't you move him. Sonic lives with tails in the sky. So I think that's it. That's it for me. Yep. How about you? That was terrifying. What kind of child were you? I just want Sonic to hang out with Tails and have a nice time. 
Is that too much to so ask? So weird. Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, my first Sonic memory is playing the um, playing Sonic One on the Game Gear. Yeah. Like the whole the whole thing when I, I think I told it on the first podcast when I had a Game Gear and my parents were when my dad would let me play it sneakily for a bit before I got it for my birthday. So that's definitely my first Sonic memory there of like playing the video game. Um, this one ties into something you said earlier. If you had to write a comic for one of the Sonic characters, who would you pick and why? Metal Sonic. Okay, what would the storyline cool. be? Going to it. So Metal uh, Sonic. What's what's the deal? What are you going to do? I'm what's the story? Putting my pitch on the podcast. I'm okay. saving it for Whatever. IDW. Um, Call me. So that was from at uh, Stormy Teacup Teacup ninety. Uh, at Kit Walker photo asks. How do I get past Metropolis Zone? <laughs> and has included some pixel art of Patrick Sir Patrick Moore from Games Master, which was like an old um, UK TV show where um, Patrick Moore wore like a weird stretched out version of Patrick Moore would have all these weird metal bits on his face, and then they would do this weird like early nineties CGI to like warp little children into the same room as him what? to go. Excuse me, Games Master, how do I get past Aladdin level two? And then he would say something sarcastic to them about practice more and don't waste my time. It was very good television. Very spooky and very nineties. It was so nineties. Um, I remember the the presenter who presented it was called Dominic Diamond, which nice. I think is an excellent TV presenter name. Yes. Um, I can't tell you how to get past Metropolis Zone. Just you just got to keep at it. You just got to just go. Just got to practice more. <laughs> you just got to just got to go fast. Um, <laughs> at Razma Ray says, "What was your favorite Knuckles moment in Sonic the Comic?" All of them. I think it was like uh, him like trying to figure out what the, the whole thing I mentioned before about him trying to figure out if the old white echidna that turned up was like like legit or not. And kind of feeling a bit sad and betrayed that, like, finally an echidna, another echidna had turned up, and then they ended up being a bit of a knob. So. Aw, sweet baby. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, uh, at InDesign Tears says, Knuckles or Shadow, who is the bigger edgelord? Shadow. <laughs> yeah, Shadow had a gun. So he had a gun. Shadow had a gun when it was, like, eternally moody. Like, I feel like Knuckles gets to be moody because he was, like, the, the, the last echidna. He was the denoted like guardian of the floating, like the floating island and the emerald that made it float and all that stuff. He had a reason to be moody. I think Shadow, sure, he was like, was he made in a lab or something? So I guess that's kind of bad. I just, I don't know, man. I don't actually know the whole Shadow lore. How do you not know the whole Shadow lore? You love Shadow. He's got a gun. I think it's Shadow. I think Shadow definitely. When I think about Knuckles, if we think about the video games that we associate with each character, Knuckles was in Sonic and Knuckles, and the worst thing he did was he kind of messed about Sonic a bit, because he was getting tricked by Robotnik, because Robotnik told him that Sonic was a bad guy, and we know that Sonic's not a bad guy. But, like, um, Knuckles was just being led astray, so Knuckles is fine. Whereas Shadow <laughs> had a gun, and his whole, his, his whole video game was just based around him running around with the shooter. So, and... Um, at Bear vs. Ninja says, what are your thoughts on Sonic OCs and stuff like that? Um, I know both of you like the blue boy, but what do you think about what do you think is interesting about him as a character? So what do you think about Sonic OCs? They're great. I think they're great. I think it's a whole part of like the Sonic culture that I just bypassed, because I think that was the point where I wasn't really that into video games and stuff. I had a Sonic OC. What was your Sonic OC? Just me, as a Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, what, what colour hedgehog were you? I was literally, it was literally Sonic. But it had uh, long brown hair, and uh, I had those really big jeans that like. Oh, like the big, old, the, the big old skate jeans. Yeah, big old skate jeans, uh, a little black t-shirt, 
That was my Sonic OC. What were you called? Were you just called Sarah the Hedgehog? I think so. Oh my god. I, don't I think... wasn't... I, I also had other Sonic OCs. Like, when I was posting on the internet, like, I think I was, like, 12 or 13, and I was on Fan Art Central, so it was, like, Sonic OCs, as far as the eye can see. I was joining in on that. We were doing art trades. It was great. I think, like, Sonic the Hedgehog was one of, like, the main reasons why I got into, like, a routine of posting oh my, my art online. So That's thank amazing. you. I'm not sure I'd be where I am today without Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic OCs. I feel so sad that, like, this was a, a thing that I just missed out on. Like, when I, 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 I used to draw pictures of Sonic when I was growing up, but they were just pictures of Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and stuff. Like, they weren't, like... I never thought, what if I was a hedgehog? And now I'm like, I just missed out. Um, in terms of what was interesting about Sonic as a character, um, I think growing up I just thought he was really cool. Like I just like I think, like point blank, I think I was at, I was at such a young age when I was into Sonic that I think I just looked at him and he was just my idea of what someone cool was. Oh, and that was it. Like you know, I'm cool. I I wave my finger about and <laughs> stand in a cool pose and I can run really fast. And I'm blue. I don't know if I've ever thought Sonic was cool. But what's, it's fun, your, though. What was your favourite personality trait of Sonic? He likes um, chili dogs. That was, like, a weird thing, because that was, like, shared across a lot of different things that he was really into chili dogs. I wonder who... I, I wonder where that originated from. Because it's not in the video game. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point in the video game where you go, ah, oh, I've collected my chili dog power-up. So someone out there... Because it pops up in, I think, all of the cartoons that he's into chili dogs. Yeah. So there's got to be someone out there who was like, oh, Sonic needs a favourite food. Oh, he needs well, something. What about a hot dog? Not cool enough. Chili dog. <laughs> um, at Phoenix underscore tweetin says, what level soundtracks from the older games do you like the best? I love both the Flying Battery Zone tracks. I can't think of them off the top of my head. How about you? Really? Um, I love Green Hill Zone. Green Hill Zone is like one of my favourite Sonic tracks of all time. Like I used to have it as like a phone, um, like a ringtone on my phone. Yeah. Um, I really love... Oh, I can't remember what it was. Like Flying... No, no. What's the first zone in Sonic 3 called? Uh. I don't remember what it's called. It's got like, it's got like a really nice like um, steel drum-esque yeah. like track at the start of it. You know in like Knuckle... You know the level where like... It, they're like flying into the island and then Knuckles stops everything and then there's like the weird bit it's been so <sighs> I don't know what long it's called Stephen. like the, the whatever the first zone in Sonic 3 is and the Green Hill Zone music are like my two favourites I think off the top of my head it's not from the old game but I really liked um, is it Studiopolis oh from it's Sonic the- Mania yeah, yeah Studiopolis Zone that track is really good that is really nice. And that's really cool because it's like, it's like the first new zone that comes up, I think, on Sonic Mania after yeah. going through a bunch of the old ones. So the fact that it's got this really nice music to it's it is really so cool. Good. It is very nice. Um, okay, and uh, the very last question we've got from at Tales from iDeath. Um, opinions on Big the Cat? It's good. <laughs> it's good. I wish I'd got into because he had like the whole fishing sub game on Sonic Adventure and just never got into that part of the game. So other than that, I don't really know much about the Big the Cat. I don't either. Side of things. He just looks like he would be nice to hang out with. He seems very friendly. He seems yeah. like a good Sonic character that I just don't know enough about. I tr- I trust him. I trust, trust him. him. He seems pretty good. Okay. Um, I think that's it for listener questions, and I think that is it for episode four of our Super Podcast. Um, oh. I've got a question. What's your question? Who's your favourite Sonic character? My favourite Sonic character? Out of all of the Sonic characters. It's, oh, it's probably Sonic, really. Who's your favourite? 
Metal Sonic. I think we've already, we might have already spoken about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like a thing that we didn't really get into was like um, the weird Sonic books that came out in the UK around the same time as like the comic but like I feel like that's probably a story for another day but also one of them is like a choose your own adventure book and I want to do kind of like a weird side podcast episode where we play a bit of that choose your own adventure book so listen out for that coming soon I think that's something that'd be really fun only if you do the voices I will totally do the voices just to like set the scene a little bit oh it's, my God. A, it's a story where um basically Sonic goes on an adventure and befriends like one of the little grabber things from the chemical plant zone but it's like kind of a more like like bug version of that like some it's like a robot that hasn't quite transformed all the way so it's like a good robot and it's just a very good story and there's like riddles and like dice roll bits it's like a weird Sonic the Hedgehog D&D story I guess so look out for like a bonus podcast that's going to be us going through that at some point. I, oh my god, because I thought you were going to lay down your Sonic the Hedgehog impression. I don't have one. Oh, well, you better get one. I'll, I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get one for that. Um, so yeah, this has been episode four of our Super Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and ask us any listener questions at, at our Super Podcast. Uh, you can follow Sarah at Sarah Grayley Art. And you can follow me at, at Tiny Spells. Um, if you want to email us questions, we have an email address that's rsuperpodcast.gmail.com. And um, yeah, this has been the R Super Podcast episode all about Sonic the Hedgehog. And remember, keep being super! super.